Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So close to the Raiders. And Papali would be an appropriate man to score. He's done it. He's done it. Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome to Behind the Limelight, the Raiders' official podcast, thanks to OAC Digital. Round 19 as we approach the finals. Can't wait for them in a couple of weeks' time, but before that we've got a couple of games. One at GIA Stadium against the Warriors this weekend. Looking forward to that big clash. We'll preview that today. We're also going to have a chat to Corey Harawira Naira, uh, Raiders' uh, new recruit. And we're also going to do something around women in league round. And it's great to be able to catch up with a couple of really, really good Raiders staff members in Sarah Williams and Rosie Harrison. Joining us on the podcast, as always, the Raiders media team, Tom Logan and John Croyder. How are we, guys? Yeah, good. Thanks, Benny. Yeah, doing well. It'd be good to have some uh, some good talent on this podcast a little bit later, which I'll, I'll be excited. A bit, bit different from the usual. Yeah, we've been waiting for some good talent to come along um, most of the season, so looking forward to catching up with both Sarah and Rosie uh, on this edition and finding out a little bit about more about what their roles are within the club and, and some of the great work that they're doing as well. So can't wait for that. Before we do, though, it's time to go around the horn. All right, I think we say this every week, but plenty of big news happening at Raiders HQ, and it doesn't get any bigger than the re-signing of Josh Papali uh, on until the end of 2024 with an option for 2025, which will effectively make him a Raider for life. Does it get any better than that? Oh, I don't think it does, especially heading into finals. That's uh, that's going to be pretty hard to beat. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, testament, not only to Josh's ability as a footballer, but also to his... Uh, personality as well and and the values that he stands by you know we know he's such um, a big family man in terms of his um, you know extended family his parents his wife his kids everything um, that he does is for his family and uh, I I think the Raiders family is um, a very important part of his life too John and he said that this week when he um, when he got up and he spoke about uh, what it means to him to, to pull that green jumper on. Yeah, absolutely. And you can tell by the way he plays that he does a lot for the jersey. He always talks about um, just the values of the club. Um, I know a lot of folks, he's always grabbing at the, the Raiders badge as well. Like It just means a lot to him. He's been here since he was like just a, a kid coming through the, through the ranks. So Canberra is his home. He's probably spent more time in Canberra than, than Queensland as well. So uh, great to have him re-sign. As you said, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, he's a wonderful club person. Uh, he's won the Meninga Medal three times. Um, he's just been a continuous um, improver every year. Every time we think he can't go to another level, he does. And uh, this year we've seen him um, lead that on-field team, particularly with Sia Soliola um, missing for a chunk of the season. He's really stepped up in that leadership role and uh, and taken it with both hands. Yeah, I mean, you'd have probably a better idea of, I guess, reflecting on this because you've seen Papa come through, obviously having made his debut at the club. But he's really, this year, he's really sort of stepped up and become sort of that leader and that father figure in the absence of Soliola. So it's, it's great to see. Yeah, I mean, when he first arrived at the club, um, he was a pretty quiet kid. Most um, young Polynesian players are, little, uh, a little bit on the quiet side, but... Um, over time, he's just developed into a real, um, a real voice amongst the group, and I think it's probably um, a testament to his his family life. Um, he, you know, he's very close to his parents. His wife Sepa has got a massive um, influence on his on his life as well, and um, he's just a great bloke. And I'm, I'm so happy that he's been able mm. to finalise this deal. And, and and it's not only a from a selfish point of view from a club perspective, but um, but also for Josh, he's just a wonderful bloke, and uh, great to see him re-signing. Now, speak of, uh, speaking of other re-signing news, uh, John, uh, it looks as though Tom Starling's 
on the verge of inking a, a two-year deal as well, which is a, a, a um, probably a really good reward for what he's been able to do this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when Josh Hodgson went down with that ACL injury against uh, Melbourne, Ricky was asked, What's, what are you going to do with your hooking situation? And he said, we've got Tom Starling. Tom Starling hasn't, certainly hasn't let anyone down. He's been absolutely, absolutely magnificent. He's had to do a lot of hard work. He came down as a train and trial sort of deal. It wasn't even at the start of the 2019 pre-season. It was kind of towards the end of pre-season. Uh, and he's just trained the house down. And now he's been having an extended run in, in the um, first grade squad. And he's just looked amazing. I just love the fact that he, Hudson Young was straight on to Peter Mulholland and said, um, you know, you've got this guy, Tom Starling. He's um, you know, played a game at Newcastle. He's up there playing Q Cup. Um, why don't you give him a shot? And Pete, um, you know, for someone that's been around and so experienced, just went, you know what, I'm going to back you on this one. Uh, and they got him down here and he hasn't looked back. And um, really, really happy um, if he gets this over the line and gets it done because he's another example of uh, a player coming to Canberra with an opportunity and being able to take it. Yeah, and, and the, these are the sort of blokes that you want at the club. And one thing I really noticed about Starlow is he's really become a fan favourite, you know, you see all the comments online and even at the game when he's injected into the game, if he's playing off the bench and obviously not starting, uh, the fans love him. He just absolutely rips in, tackles hard, and he's very explosive out of that dummy half. Yeah, keep an eye out on the website later in the week. Uh, John, you've done a, a bit of a feature on uh, Tom, and he talks in there about how he basically sees himself as the poster boy for players that are told that they're too small to play footy. And he's um, actually you know, given the opportunity for, for young kids that... Um, are in the same situation to actually reach out to him and, and have a chat. I wish I had the chance to reach out to him back when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he he's just um, really good. Like, you wouldn't know that he's so small just by the way he tackles. I, I think the first time he played was against the Roosters this year and he, um, Sia Takeaho, one of the best forwards in the game, lined him up and Starlow put him on his mm. back. Like, that is uh, a testament to the amount of work he's had to put into his defence because... Yeah, he is a bit small, but that means he's had to work harder and all that hard work's paying off. Yeah, really good story there, Tom Starling. Uh, the other big news item in terms of uh, crowds is that the GIO Stadium's gone out to 6,000 and we'll see uh, that crowd on the Saturday night uh, for the Brumbies final and we wish the Brumbies all the best uh, ahead of their big final against the Reds on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, the Raiders will have the same um, opportunity to have more fans in the stadium and... Um, considering we were uh, at a point uh, where we were playing games in Campbelltown with no fans, to be back here now with 6,000 is a real big boost and it's great to see it happening just in time for the for the business end of the season. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we're going to really need our fans, especially leading into finals. So as long as everyone can, you know, obviously keep doing the right thing, hopefully that stays at that number and, you know, I dare say that we might, might even see it extended coming into finals. Time now to have a look at the round 18 result against the Dragons down there at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. 37 points to 8. Uh, guys, an a, a interesting start to the game. We, um, we conceded the first try through young debutant Cody Ramsey uh, through the Dragons and then we were able to wrestle a bit of an advantage back before the Dragons crossed again. And uh, the game was in the balance at half time, John, but uh, we were able to go on with the job. Yeah, I think we've talked about it on this podcast before about earning the right to play and... Um it was a real, real struggle. Like the Dragons were playing really good footy, they were playing tough footy, and I'd say we were, we were pretty solid ourselves. We we're matching them. I don't think we were playing poorly by any means, but then we were able to really go on with it in that that second half. Hudson Young had the game of his life. Like that was 
like I know that he can play, but I'd seen him more as an, an edge player. That was the best game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, and it just adds to that whole um, dilemma, I suppose, that Ricky Stewart's got at the moment is that he's got so many um, middle players. And, and don't forget, we've got Corey Horsburgh. Uh, and Emre Gula that probably you know won't come back into calculations this year. See Soliola's there waiting for an opportunity, but the middle players, Tom, are the ones that are really lifting at the moment. And the way we play our football, we we like to try and win games through the middle. So it's a good sign. Yeah, well, it's an amazing problem to have for Ricky. So uh, I, I mean, that's awesome. Um, first of all, it's the thing that I really struggle to look at is you know. C is ready and waiting, but it's like you know who do you who do you take out? Every one of our forwards is playing in some really good form. It's it's hard to you know take someone out. You know, and if you're Ricky, I guess you know do you do you sort of head down towards the path of maybe you know resting one of our key forwards? But having said that, though, uh, we've still got a chance of a top four spot. So you know we probably want to be putting our best team out each week. Yeah, and also like there's a chance to rest Papa, and he doesn't even want to be rested. So yeah. he was like, no, I'm right to play last weekend. So. Even if uh, Rick does want to rest them, like um, those guys aren't going to be happy. They want to be playing. Mm. Well, I don't think anyone wants to put their hand up to have a spell because they realise that they might not get back in the team. Mm. So, um, look, I, I know that they, they won't think like that. Um, they know that C.S. Oliola, and, and Ricky knows this too, that he wants to get some sort of football in his legs before the finals because, mm. um, you know, you're only ever an injury or two away from um, having to call upon players. So it's important that they do get some some uh, running in Sears' legs. But, you know, his experience is that um, he'll be good to go whenever given the opportunity. Mm. And I, I just look forward to seeing, um, you know, him hopefully getting a crack. Uh, talking about the game, uh, let's look at the outside backs. And I thought um, I thought uh, the, the guys were really good uh, on the weekend, particularly uh, Jordan Rapiner again, uh, playing at right centre. I thought he was fantastic defensively, uh, once again aimed up. Um, and Semi Valame, I mean, a young guy in the team, Tom, um, who's taking his opportunity, uh, probably got caught out a couple of times in defence, but mm. also um, made some really strong carries, scored a try, um, and he never dropped his bundle, even even though with those couple of defensive errors early in the game. He also made a couple of really crucial tackles. There was one where Corey Norman looked almost certain to score, mm. and he and he absolutely hit him from the inside and, and, and belted him. So um, he's a young player that's only going to get better with more time in first grade. Yeah, I think what you just alluded to there about Semi not dropping his head when he makes a mistake or, you know, has a, I guess, a setback, uh, that's probably the most impressive part about him. I thought Semi, the Dragons really definitely targeted him, though, um, during the game. But as the game went on, Semi grew into it. He got more confidence. Uh, the boys got around him, which was good to see. And then he was making some really strong, dirty carries coming out of our defensive end, which I, really impressed yeah, me. I think that's only natural, John, that... Um, that young players are going to be targeted by oppositions. Mm. They see them as a, an opportunity to exploit something. But, um, you know, I really liked the fact that Sammy just rolled his sleeves up mm. and went back to work. Well, the thing is, like, often teams will target a rookie, especially because they know that they don't have the experience and the composure when something doesn't go their way. They know there's there's something here, we can exploit this. And Sammy's, like, cool head just meant that even though there was a mistake early on, he was fine. He grew into the game, scored a try. He was, he was fantastic and... Talking about Jordan Rapiner earlier as well, like has he been playing in the centres his whole NRL career? Like he, he looked a natural. <laughs> he does. He, he he's just one of those players that can play anywhere. I just love love watching him play. We've talked about this before. He's just his physicality, his aggression. Um, it's just a, it's just great to watch. Josh Papali, uh, we've talked about his re-signing already, but um, you know came into that game with an injury cloud and uh, gave his shoulder a test against Cameron McInnes with a oh. well, one of the shots of the year. Let's have a listen to what Papa had to say uh, about that tackle. Yeah, I, well, I had the little laugh after I did it. 
Um, yeah, I just felt like, um, yeah, the timing and, and everything of, of the, the tackle was, um, you know, I felt good, but uh, yeah, the shoulder pulled up all right. Um, yeah, doctor found you know, just little things in my shoulder, probably from, uh, I guess, playing for the last 10 years or something. But um, yeah, look, shoulder's fine. Yeah, I couldn't imagine him um, waking up very happy on uh, Sunday morning, Cam McInnes, because uh, Papa did not miss him with that shot. No, he, he wasn't on the field for long, but he definitely made his presence known, didn't he? Um, that's what he can do, and Cam McInnes is a very tough player, so it was a very good shot. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Josh um, got the opportunity to get that rest in the second half, which allowed uh, Corey Harawira and Ira to come on and play, I think it was 20 or 22 minutes straight at the back end of the game, Tom. Um, and he was very dangerous when he came onto the team, under the field as well. I'm really enjoying uh, Corey's little stints off the bench. I reckon he's looking quite damaging. And I, to be honest, I'm really excited to see what he's going to offer for us uh, come finals time. I reckon he's going to be a real weapon coming off the bench. You never know. He might even he might even get a starting spot this week or in the coming week. What about the um, the little kick? I thought he was going to um, get onto that himself. <laughs> you wouldn't see too many guys playing in the middle do that. Yeah, exactly right. He's a hell of a player, and I can't wait to have a chat to him. Later on, but now we're going to have a chat to uh, a couple of uh, people that work really hard inside this organisation uh, as we approach Women in League Round. Well, Round 19 is Women in League Round and we're joined this week by two of the superstars of the Canberra Raiders and Canberra Region Rugby League team, Sarah Williams and Rosie Harrison. How are we ladies? Good, thanks Ben. Good, thanks. Women in League Round, it comes around every year, Sarah, and um, we'll start with you. Your focus uh, in... The Canberra Raiders organisation is around community, uh, inclusion um, and pretty much everything that goes uh, with the Raiders off the field. Um, Tell us a little bit about your role. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, so I started at the start of the year um, in my role with Canberra District Rugby League. So that's looking after the local league side of things, the licensed clubs and also the Canberra Raiders and NRL initiatives. So it's been a bit of a... um, tough year to start off with with all the COVID um, related restrictions and what we can do within the club so we've really had to focus on what we can what we can do and um, looking at creative ways that we can still engage with the community. Rosie your role is with the Canberra Region Rugby League and you're part of their well you're you are their media team because um, obviously they're a subsidiary of the Raiders and you do everything that does um, for local league um, promotion and you know you're telling all those really good stories about the local competition and participation um, you joined us this year. Um, how are you finding it so far? Yeah, it's been really good. I came straight out from uni, finished uni in November and then straight into it in February. And um, yeah, it's been great. It's been a bit of a roller coaster um, with all the COVID coming in and everything, but it's been really good. I've really enjoyed meeting everyone, meeting all the clubs and getting the stories out. Yeah, yeah I think it's a really good um, part of both of your roles is that we're about not only promoting what the Canberra Raiders do because you know, everybody sees what they do on the field, but it's about promoting those really good stories and those good initiatives off the field. Sarah, um, I'll give you an example. We've just nominated Jared Croker for the Ken Stephen Medal. You were part of that process. How did that all come about? Yeah, the Ken Stephen Medal is um, every year. So this year the NRL actually reduced the amount of awards that clubs can nominate in. So C. Soliola was our winner last year and he accepted the award on grand final night, which is a real thrill for the club. Um, but this year we decided to nominate Jared um, for all his work off the field, he's a really humble guy. Um, he never kind of uh, advertises or promotes what he does. He just goes about his business um, and he really has a meaningful impact to individuals off the field. It's not so much um, quantity, but 
quality. So, uh, Rosie, you've also um, been doing some really good stuff this week around the Women in League focus for this round. Tell us a little bit about some of the, the fun stories that you've come across this week and, and what you've been able to help promote. Yeah, so this week, Women in League round, Sarah and I sort of decided to talk to five different women throughout our game. So we talked to a range of people. We chatted to a referee, Catherine Nightingale. She's been refereeing for 14 years and she's been really great. And we talked to Cathy and Christy Johnson from Gunning. We talked to a junior rugby league administrator, um, two Tasha Gale Raiders girls who were also really good. Um, and it's just been really good to chat to a variety of people and work out their stories and everything. It's been really great. That's right. Well, when people think about rugby league clubs, they think of a, a group of guys getting together and playing football on the weekend. But it's far from that. And you've only got to walk around the, the um, office here at um, the Raiders Centre in Braddon and you'll see... Um, I think that there's actually more females that work in our office than there is males, Sarah. I mean, you actually worked here previously, many years ago, in membership, uh, back when we were over at Bruce, and um, you've seen the, the change in the dynamic with the, with the workforce. Um, that must be something that you're really proud to be a part of. Absolutely. I think um, there's more opportunity for the, for the women in the game now to get involved. Um, you only have to look at the local league and the committee members on each of the boards, and predominantly they are female, so... Yeah, I think also the new Raiders Wireway Centre has something to do with that as well um, in terms of all the interns that we're seeing come through. Um, and, yeah, there's just a lot more opportunity for the women to get involved now. Yeah, well, the Canberra Raiders themselves have three female board members. They've got Bron Fagan, um, they've got Yvonne Gillette and they've also got Katrina Fanning. So there's a really good representation uh, right at the top for this club. I think it's really important for women to be on the board, to have their voice. Um, they often have a different sort of side of things that they like to um, include in discussion. And I think moving forward, if we want to include girls um, in the participation pathways areas that they need to be there on the board. It's even more skewed at the local rugby league level because the Canberra Region Rugby League, uh, led by Mark Vagano, I, I think the rest of the, the whole staff is female. Am I right, Rosie, yeah, in saying that, that? That is true, yeah. Five... Five women, um, as well as Mark leading us. But, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, I mean, you guys have got a really good group of people too um, and people from a pretty diverse background. A lot of them have been um, involved in local rugby league for a very long time. How important is that to have that connection to the game um, at the administration level, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been so helpful for me as well, um, just being able to bounce ideas and learn off, off them. It's been really good because I came in, you know, not knowing too much about the local league, but I've learned so much from Deb and from everyone um, in the game. And it's just really important to have that voice and to have that experience. One big thing I think, Sarah, um, when it comes to, to women in league round, and the same as some other uh, rounds that we have in the game, like Indigenous round and things like that, is that we don't just focus on these um, rounds once a year and it's important that we, we talk about and we discuss um, issues that relate to these rounds um, throughout the whole season. How does our club do that? Yeah, so yeah, the NRL theme rounds are great to sort of draw awareness to um, certain aspects of our game, but honestly can say that the Raiders do that throughout the whole year. Um, so working with um, the NRL and the School to Work program is one example, um, and slowly growing um, what we do in those theme rounds, not just on the week that they're um, put on by the NRL. So yeah, looking at a more season-wide approach. And more of a, a question around the actual... Local competition itself, Rosie, you've been um, right at the coalface when it comes to covering the games this year and obviously the reduced competition and the way that it's been structured. 
Um, it's been it's been a bit of a different uh, way to, to do things, but how have you enjoyed that um, that shortened competition and, and being able to tell those really good stories still, um, despite you know the, the obvious restrictions and, and issues that you've had to face? Yeah, I think it's been really good for me because um, with the shortened competition, there's also less teams, so I've been able to build those relationships with those teams. So there's only four teams in a lot of the competitions, but being able to you know focus on those four teams has been really good. I've been able to chat to a lot of people, a lot of the players and coaches and build those relationships. Um, and it's been, yeah, it's been, even though the season's shortened, it's still been really exciting. We're up to the final round this weekend and it should be really exciting. Canberra Region Rugby League, crl.com.au is the place to go. And if you want to find out more about the Raiders' involvement in the community, you can head to raiders.com.au forward slash community or click on the community tab on the website. Okay, ladies, we're going to do this. Now we do this with the guys every week and they, and myself included, we get absolutely nothing right. So we're going to give you guys a chance to give us your fearless prediction for the game this weekend. Raiders, Warriors, give me something that's going to happen in that game uh, and we can see if we can predict the future. Sarah, you're up first. I'm going to say Jack White and kicks a field goal. Jack White and field goal. He's never kicked one in his career. I know. Okay. George gave it a crack last week. Yep. Go George, George week. got his first one last week. Let's see if Jack can get his. Rosie, have you got something for us? I was going to go a chance. Nickel clock start double. I think he'll play well against his old teammates and he'll come out firing. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what, that already sounds better than what we usually dish up. So thanks very much for joining us, uh, ladies, and uh, good luck for the rest of the year. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. All right, round 19 sees the Raiders up against the Warriors at GIO Stadium. Uh, can't wait for this one, guys. Uh, as we mentioned before, 6,000 people allowed through the gates and uh, it should be a pretty loud Viking clap, which is something that we've probably been looking forward to. Uh, even though there's been small crowds, it's still been quite loud, but, you know, 6,000 is going to be louder again. Yeah, and we've definitely touched up on this before, but even though there hasn't been as many people in the ground this season as we would have liked, you, you can definitely feel sort of the atmosphere of the Viking club. You know, there hasn't really been a huge amount of difference compared to the full stadium. So it's great to see our fans being quite vocal and getting around the Viking club. But, yeah, it's a tough test this week. Sunday afternoon football, 2 o'clock. Does it get any Ooh. better than that? I mean, um, there's nothing better than going at the football of, a, of an afternoon. And, uh, John, uh, with the weather hopefully holding off uh, for the game, we can see some um, free-flowing free footy. Yeah, nothing beats 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon footy this time of the year. It's fantastic. You don't actually normally get it because when the finals come around uh, this time of the year, normally Sunday afternoon slot's the first one to go. So it's good to be able to enjoy it when the weather's good. Uh, it's going to be a good game too. The Warriors have been playing some fantastic footy. Uh, really excited just to see how we go against them. We've been um, playing teams that have been kind of outside the eight or just at the in the fringes of the eight the last few weeks apart from the, apart from the Roosters. Um, but we really got to earn your right to play. The thing is, in the NRL, there's no easy games. There's quality players. Roger Tuivasa, Sheck. Um, he always plays well against us too. He was really good last year. Mm. They scored. Um, they play some good ad lib footy. And um, uh, Jack Murchie would be looking to prove a point against us again. First time he'd be playing here um, for an opposition club. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the battle in the middle again. I think our forwards have, uh, have as, as we said, um, been really good and the backbone of our team. And Ricky said that at the press conference last uh, weekend after the Dragons game that the, the forwards had been the, the unsung heroes of this team so far this season, Tom. And, and they'll be looking to continue that momentum as we head to finals. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and like you said, that forward battle is really going to be quite interesting, actually. Uh, the Warriors, are, um, they're, they're now one of those sides that I guess have got got the shackles off. I, I think Ricky mentioned it last week about the Dragons. So um, they're going to play with 
pretty much sort of like no fear. They can't make the finals now, so um, it's a dangerous game. Yeah, they'll want to finish on a high. I mean, they've got uh, two more weeks before they can go home. John, um, they've done an amazing job um, to battle through the adversity of being uh, in another country for the whole season, and uh, I'm sure they'll be, you know, trying to to prove a point to the to the rest of the competition that they've actually been able to come through that with with plenty of character. Exactly, and they they're not just here to to make up the numbers. They wouldn't see the point in just being here if they're not going to give it everything. Like they're they're a quality team, and they've just been surprising people week after week just by um, the consistency in their performances, which is sometimes lacked over the, over the years. But they've been really consistent. Um, so they're going to be they're going to be strong once again. Um, as I said, there's just so many quality plays in there. It's a dangerous halves pairing as well with um, Nick Rima and um, General Harris Tafita. All right, last week uh, Tom, I think he had Semi to get a double. I did. So he got one, almost had another one, just um, half a point. Dropped the ball off uh, Elliot there, so no, no yeah. points for you. <laughs> I'll uh, give you half a John, point. you had the Raiders scoring inside the first three minutes and um, it almost went the other way. Yep, that's probably true to Pretty my normal standard. Form. Yep, <laughs> and, and uh, nothing for me either. I had Tom Starling to crash over last week, so no points uh, once again. Um, let's hope that uh, we can finally get something up uh, this weekend. Tom, what have you got for us? Well, sticking with the topic of uh, praising the forwards, I've just got a feeling Joe Tarpany is due for one. He scored the Warriors. He scored against the Warriors. Sorry, I should say last year over in New Zealand, and I've got a feeling with his for- current form at the moment, he's going to go over. I'm going to go something similar. I think um, Josh Papali hasn't scored a try in a while. I think he'll celebrate his new deal with a nice little uh, crash ball, and he'll just go over. Well, I'm going to back our podcast guest in this week to get his first try in green. Corey Harawiranaira coming off the bench. Um, I just think that he's got a try in him. He went very close last week uh, against the Dragons, but I think this week against the Warriors is where he'll get his first meat pie for the Green Machine. Well, joining us on the Behind the Line Lot podcast this week is Raiders new recruit Corey Harawiranaira. How are you, mate? Good, bro. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this is weird. Uh, thanks, for join- thanks for joining us. Uh, tell us about the first few weeks. How have you settled into life uh, with the Green Machine? Nah, it's been good. Um, obviously, I didn't think I was going to be playing this year, so it was cool to just come back, get back into the environment, and obviously being in um, finals contention was a big part of me wanting to come down here and you know play finals footy. So um, Rick's been good, the boys have been good. Um, I remember my first week, they were all welcoming and filling me in on moves and defensive structures, and yeah, I got you know caught, caught straight back up to speed with everyone pretty quickly. Mate, what was the process for you getting here? Um, without going back to what happened earlier in the season, um, tell us about how you made contact with the Raiders and, and how it all sort of unfolded. Um, it was a bit of a weird one. Like I wouldn't say it was left field, but I, I wasn't expecting to obviously Raiders to be that, that keen on because of what happened. But um, yeah, my manager, I don't know, apparently he was sort of talking to different people that have had um, a hand in how I've been over here, especially out of Penrith. And they all kind of just recommended um, Canberra's style of play to kind of suit the way I I played. Um, and I, I don't know if that's where it started from, but, yeah, I guess my manager brought my name up in conversations with Ricky and Donnie and then they sort of done their background checks and references and it sort of just started from there. And from day one, it was, you know, one week I'd hear from them and then the next week it was a couple of times a week and it sort of just gradually turned into a pretty pretty easy um, decision for me really to come down here and um, you know 
get back in the game and and um, I guess repay the faith and, and then wanted wanted me to come down here. Uh, when you signed at the time, you said you were um, surprised that you thought a, a team like Canberra that you know had, had some recent success on the field would be interested. Um, you must have been pretty excited um, coming into a system that was um, going really well on the field and, and doing some good things um, with the team that they have. Yeah, no, nah, like I, I'll back it up again. I was still quite surprised, and I got to pinch myself sometimes as well because. Coming from where I was and, you know, I was working, landscaping, not that I wasn't enjoying it, but, you know, I would come over here to play rugby league and, and not to be doing that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, like it's – I still, I don't know, probably catch me glancing out of the training field and, and, and just, you know, walking through the gym and sort of still taking it in, like how lucky I am to be back in the game and at a club that, you know, that's in – in finals contention and, you know, in the next few years, the potential of winning a comp, hopefully even this year. So, um, like I said, it was quite an easy decision eventually um, once the sort of contract, you know, popped up and we um, sort of nutted out everything and, you know, I was happy to come under down here and, and take massive unders. So, um, I just wanted to get back in the game and maybe playing good footy again and, and sort of the rest would take care of itself. I wasn't, money wasn't really a factor in coming down here. It was, it was just playing good footy and, um, having a good environment to be in and getting away from, from Sydney and, and just starting fresh. I, I suppose that's a really good thing that you can you can sort of know that you're, you're here you know, and focus fully on footy and, and that's what the, the main driving force is for you and it, it probably um, puts things in a bit of perspective for you. Yeah, nah, um, it did, yeah. Like I said, it was a, a part to play in me getting out of Sydney. Um, you know, I don't, I don't miss the traffic. Um, it kind of yeah. As funny as it sounds, it kind of controls your life. You you got to get somewhere before this time, otherwise you're going to get stuck in you know traffic for an extra half an hour to an hour and all the rest. And it sort of just controls the way you think and you know having to get up earlier to get to training and and just all that kind of stuff. And now down here, like I've since I've been down here, I've, I've been living pretty close, five minute drive. So it's just a lot easier and, and just smoother. And you know all the noise from Sydney. You got like half the NRL clubs there, so there's always someone around, and there's always cameras in that around. Whether it's down here, it's a little bit more low key, and you know, it seems like a place where you know the there's a lot of trust between the media down here and and, and the and the club as well. So um, yeah, that, that that had a little bit of um, parts of play as well. In terms of um, meeting the boys, you got thrown into the deep end straight away. You got put in a house with Hudson Young and Tom Starling with coronavirus restrictions. That must have been. An interesting period for you. Yeah, it was pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Nah>, it was. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, I, I don't know. Hudson sort of reminds me of that that movie Split. He's got you know five, six different personalities. Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's bad. He'll wake up from his nap, walk outside, and just start blowing up and nothing. It's just like me and Starlo were just sort of sitting there and you know minding our own business, playing a bit of PlayStation. He come out and. Just starts blowing up for no reason, but um, it was good. Like we all sort of, you know, <laughs> cooked dinner here and there, and um, ordered ordered each other some um, healthy Uber Eats. Yeah, no fries. Um, but yeah, nah, it was nah, it was good. I, I I enjoyed it. Like it sort of broke me in. Otherwise, I feel like if I went to my own place, I probably would have not hung out with the boys as much and, and sort of closed up a bit and just sort of come in at training. So, sort of broke me open to sort of get out of my comfort zone and, um, you know, it's been a while since I've stayed with, you know, um, say, like, teammates and that. So it was, nah, it was, it was all good. Yeah, you're in a, um, in your third NRL club. You've been the Panthers, obviously, and the Bulldogs. 
uh, now at the Raiders. Um, how have you found that uh, dynamic amongst this playing group um, compared to other clubs and, and how have you adjusted to, to your new home? Um, oh, probably the, the one thing that sort of sticks out to me is that everyone's really, like I'm not saying at the other clubs it wasn't, but down here everyone's really tight and I feel like living in a small town where... You know, it's as everyone says around Canberra, it's 15 minutes to get anywhere. So I feel like that makes, you know, pays a, plays a massive part in how tight the boys are. It's obviously, obviously, with the COVID restrictions, we're not, you know, able to catch up as much as we want to. But, you know, hopefully once those ease or once the bubble's over at the end of the year, you know, everyone's just going to be down the road and we can sort of get together and, you know, hang out with each other's families, um, go for a few drinks, whatever it is, go play golf as the boys like to do. Um, and I guess same as same thing last year. A lot of them sort of rave on of how about how um, easy it was just to you know get together with families and, and just go down to the pub or down to a restaurant you know for dinner and yeah it's a it's a little bit annoying for me not to like I've kind of got to take my time at getting to know everyone sort of on a personal level just because of you know COVID and that but I feel like yeah that that probably may. Pay, plays a yeah, massive part in how, how close the boys are and um, I can feel it I felt it as soon as I got down here um, and I'm sort of taking myself, my um, time to get, get comfortable and I told who do I tell I told Tufts here once I, once I get comfortable everyone's going to be sick of me because I'm just going to annoy the shit out of everybody <laughs> I love that <laughs> mate let's talk about your footy um, obviously um, Ricky's been um, able to have the luxury of sort of easing you into your, into your role here at Canberra. You've, you've been coming off the bench most games and, and playing like short stints. Um, how have you found that? I mean, it's a little bit different than what you're used to. Nah, oh, like I said, I'm just happy to be playing a game, whatever. You know, all these boys have been training and, and Ricky knows them through and through. He's still, you know, still getting to know me as a football player and as a person as well. So I'm happy to play wherever he wants. I know, like, it does, you know, you want to be playing more minutes, but. You know, like I said at the beginning of this, I didn't think I was going to be playing this year. So I'm just thankful for, you know, being down here and being playing again. Because, like I said, I was I was pretty close on just sort of not giving up, but going back home and, and just getting my head back together before. So it's sort of just a blessing in disguise that I get to play again. Um, I'm enjoying it. You know, middle's a little bit different to playing on the edge. But, um, no, I've always wanted to play in the middle. I've just never been quite big enough. And I don't know what it's about what it is about camera but I seem to be putting on the cages quite easily down here so I don't know I might end up having to stay in there eventually but uh, I'm enjoying <laughs> my time and um, you know you've got players like Pups and Legs you know Hodjo ducking in and having his two cents at you know video sessions um, Croaks there's a lot of good players that have been around for a long time experienced you know Georgie's first year here Batty killed it last year like, I could just keep going on about um, the team and um, you know there's always these young boys coming through Kai O'Donnell that's been training in the house down to get a you know a crack again uh, keeping a lot of pressure on us boys that are in there Tufts is starting to find his traps it's I don't know it's just you know I'm just glad to be amongst it and and still be playing with all these players that are around me you know see is coming close to returning as well so um, yeah someone's going to eventually miss out but I'm just happy to be here and be playing so um, yeah you talk about um, putting size on. You actually started your career as a fullback. How do you <laughs> go from a fullback to a middle player? Well, how does that transition happen? Nah, well, I don't know. I guess I got over here and I remember my first couple of training sessions down at Penrith in 20s. Um, I was about, I think it was about 85, 87 kgs. And 
one of the boys asked me like what position he plays oh back row and he just sort of laughed at me he was a hooker and he was bigger than me so um, I guess that just goes to show um, how much you know how much weight I've had to put on but yeah no nah, I've always wanted to play in the forwards but I was just a stick when I come over I was a stick back home so I just either got chucked in the halves or at fullback so um, it was it took a while but you know because like, I've always wanted to play there it was sort of easy for me to sort of sacrifice well not sacrifice but commit to I guess getting up early and sort of trying to eat seven times a day eight times a day just to just to get the weight on and those are the kinds of things I had to do to get to sort of where I am now it took me probably three solid years of not just that but just a lot of eating and, and getting to I guess 100 kgs I've always wanted to be 100 kgs whether it's got all the big boys that want to be you know under 100 kgs so um, I, I guess I sort of took that for for granted being a sort of scrawny fella now because I'm actually struggling to to keep it off so um, I guess it's all caught up with me but uh, yeah nah it was quite easy because I always wanted to play in the forwards. Yeah, well, mate, it's been great to have you uh, here so far this season. You seem to have not only have you enjoyed your time, but we've enjoyed having you here so far. You fit straight in with the group, and uh, we wish you nothing but all the best of luck for the rest of the season, and hopefully we can finish strong. Yeah, hard. Let's win this comp and um, rub it in everyone's faces. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Corey Harawira Naira joining us on the podcast this week. Thanks very much, Cheers. mate, and uh, we'll uh, talk soon. Cheers, bro. Thank you.